This is Ags Connolly, and you're listening to the amazing Cloud Watcher Uno podcast. I saw James Hyde in London first time when he played with Dale Watson at the borderline. If I didn't know I was country, then that made up my mind. And I saw James Hyde. In London first time And I saw James Hyde At Pearl's dance hall I was there in Fort Worth James Hyde t-shirt and all and He was high as a kite But he remembered them all And I saw James Hyde At Pearl's dance hall And if you've never seen James Hyde I won't expect you to understand He's a hillbilly spirit that appears as a man And I know because I saw what James Conley, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Cloud Watcher Uno podcast. Thank you very much. I'm very, very glad to be here. Uh, I, I, I think I've seen you f- last year, which was all, all, only just, just gone. I think I've seen you three times live. Jamie Wyatt, Charlie Crockett, and Fasal Medine. You froze up there, Mo. Ooh. <laughs> it's all right you're all right now yeah it was just like mid-sentence yeah okay I'll, I'll start that again then okay uh ags Connolly. uh I've, I've i think i've seen you three times last year jamie wyatt charlie crockett and selma dean right yeah yeah three great gigs three great gigs three great performances Fantastic to see you live. Um, I think you bring such a genuine energy and stage presence when 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 you're there for performing live. Absolutely knocked out by your music. Uh, first of all, I'm gonna do a little clap here. <laughs> okay. Uh, how does Ags Connolly from Oxford 
which is, as far as my geographical skills lie, have nothing to do with Texas at all. <laughs> but if you listen to your music, you would say that you were from Austin? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. It's one that I get asked a lot. And I'm not sure there's a specific answer for it, really. Um, I was, you know, somebody who got into country music quite late. I wasn't brought up listening to country music. Um, but when I started to, so so I didn't get into it, like, you know, in a linear fashion. I didn't sort of start when I was a kid listening to Garth Brooks or something and yeah. then and then proceed with it like that. It was, it, I, I just heard bits and pieces from different eras. And so once I started investigating more and more of it, and and hearing the different styles and the different uh origins of it i think the texas country just really spoke to me and i i can't say why honestly but um that was the stuff that i really really loved and it's the stuff that i ended up wanting to emulate the most i mean i started out mostly with the honky tonks shuffles and things like that but as you know on my most recent album i've i've, I've investigated some some other sounds as well but um yeah it's 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 really a question it's very hard to answer it's just something that that i was i don't know why i am naturally drawn to it and and there's like there's no real great explanation as to why i have an ex explanation the best right. comes out of text texas yeah i think you're right i think i think <laughs> it it does in in in, in more in, in more than just country music there's some great music there and then i'm very much drawn to singer songwriters and yeah. there are so many great songwriters that have come out of texas and that's that's a key thing as well i think that is definitely one of the one of the main um attractions to me i mean um start starting off with uh how about now in 2014 i mean the two killer tracks from from there i saw james hand and get out of my mind how autobiographical is I Saw James Hand? Oh, it's completely autobiographical, yeah. I mean, it was, it, to be honest, I, it's funny, you know, when I wrote that song, I, I, I wasn't even thinking, oh, I've got to pay tribute to James Hand or I've got to do this. I just, it just felt, you know, it really obvious to me that I should write a song about the times I'd seen James Hand. And, you know, you're talking, it's over 10 years ago now, because that album came out 10 years ago, almost exactly. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, and I know crazy, isn't it? Um, and 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 I'd seen James Hand, you know, a few years previous, the first time, and it's it just I, I don't know it, it, the, the song came out very very um, easily because it was such an obvious thing to do. And I, I mean, he's a very inspirational guy, James Hand, so uh, or at least he was. So I, I think um, that you know I was lucky that 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 song landed on me, but I give a lot of credit to him just for existing, to be honest. And it was at the iconic border borderline, which which I also went when when went to when it, it was still a place when and it was still a venue. Mm. Such a shame that 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 venue went. Yeah, oh, it was it was one of the best for the for the sort of uh, mid level acts to play. You know, yeah. um, that 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 aren't going to sell out Shepherd's Bush Empire or something. Um, it was a perfect size venue. We've still got a couple of them around, like the Lexington and yeah. and places like that. But but the borderline had something special, and and the guy who booked it was a good friend of mine, Barry Marshall Everett, who is not with us anymore. But he was the big um, the the big fan of that music, and he knew who the real great acts were to get on there. We we were very lucky that he that he was doing that at the time. But sadly, you know, I mean, uh, that that venue got taken over. 
um, by one of the big companies and it got turned into a very generic style nightclub and it eventually shut down and it was it was not what it was but but i'm glad you got to go there because a lot of people missed out on that you know london used to have a, a couple it of good is. places like that for, for that sort of music but now now we're kind of just uh, potluck as, as to where the gigs might happen you know exactly well um talking about board i i saw the one drink of hearts there when 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 they first started it out as a as as a four piece, now yeah. it's a three piece. Um, but yeah, there, there there were a bunch of great acts. I mean, the as you say, you know, um, the diversity of those kind of mid level level venues, not only just yeah. in London but up and down the country, is good yes. getting down and down. I, I think they're closing down, but. In no great part because of COVID and the pandemic and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a real problem. You know, um, the COVID was a huge thing, obviously, for live music, and it's and we're still feeling huge like reverberating repercussions from it now. Um, but I think things were already going going badly for uh, um, small music venues, independent music venues, yeah. and and. Uh, the ones that weren't getting bought up were getting turned, you know, closed down and turned into shops and houses and stuff. And it's it's a real, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's still ongoing. And I think we're, we're we're getting to a state now where live music will always survive. People will always want it, but yeah. I think people are having to be very creative about how they put things on now and 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 how artists can can uh, be showcased to people because it's not as straightforward and simple as it once was, and people haven't got as much money as they once had and it's it it is a problem yeah well i mean also 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 i think another the deciding factor and the kind of like the same semi the demise of what what was a great live ven venue um or venues with um you know our friend brex brexit because it cut off a huge market for uk-based artists you could freely go into europe yeah, I mean, I I think that's it's harder for bands after Brexit. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty lucky that being a solo artist, you can uh, you can still go pretty easily. Um, but at the same time, um, I say pretty easily. It's it, you know sometimes you can have a few queues at the airport and stuff. But um, with bands, they now have to fill out a lot of paperwork if they want to go into Europe, and that, that's a real problem for them. Um, and it's, I mean, people do it, but but it's just another thing on top of touring being very expensive anyway and and you're trying to at least break even at the, you know uh, at the very least and you've you've got uh, um, loads more red tape to deal with yeah it's not great and it's just another thing on top of it all it's it's like you know people the arts is like the the bottom rung which gets thought about you yeah. know it's like the very the very you know i go to i i play around europe quite a bit and a lot of these countries they have funding for for the arts they basic do. level of funding and and so there's a lot of promoters and venues who are able to do things that they're not just depending on the money that comes in the door, which is what pretty much everyone who's put gigs on in this country is doing. They're just they're praying that the, enough money will come in the door. And uh, but in Europe, they, they've got this base level of funding so they can do a bit more with it, which is which is great. But we've never had that here and it's never been a, a priority in this country as far back as you want to go. You know, and it's it's a, it, it, I'd like to think it will change. but immediately i can't i can't see it happening well i mean 
when when you were on on tour with some some the dean you were the roadie you were the driver you <laughs> yeah. were the merch guy you were empty yeah. and you were the singer as well you, you yeah. <laughs> multiple jobs that's the thing i mean that's i mean you get used to that as a traveling musician but but yeah i mean uh a lot of these places that i go to in europe i'm not saying that that it's like this everywhere or that every country is like this, but a lot of places you'll go and there'll, there'll be, there'll be people at the venue um, doing the things like selling the merch and they'll feed you and all the rest of it, you know, like things like that. But, but uh, in this country, it's never really been like that. You, you do get some places that look after you, but um, generally speaking, you, you, you're kind of left to your own devices and you're, you're at the, at the mercy of, of how many tickets might get sold and what might be on TV that night that people would rather watch or whatever, you know? It is, and obviously, there's the atrocious weather that we have. I mean, it just yeah. constantly rains. I yeah, mean, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I love, I love your music. I, I, I love country music because it's a gateway. It's a gateway to a different place where it's warm, where it's dry. But also, yeah. the music is quite honest in what is trying to achieve and your i think there's a golden thread through your music through um how about now nothing unexpected wrong again siempre is love loss uh hard to heartbreak it's these core human emotional um hooks that uh, you have and um, you you tell the story so well with your deep voice, and I, you know the the I mean the musicians that you have on these albums are just top notch. Mm. Yeah, I mean I've been lucky with that really. I mean uh, uh, with regards to the songs, I'd say uh, you know the vast majority of my songs are autobiographical, but at the same time I try to make them uh, kind of more general so that so that other people can relate to them rather than them being massively specific about me you know like um yeah. and, I, and I'm, I'm glad to hear thank you very much i'm glad to hear that that people do relate to them and, and that's what people tell me and um I'd, I'd like to think i can keep doing that you know um and that, and that people like that sort of thing um yeah with regards to musicians i was very lucky actually as, as we are very nearly i mean it was literally maybe next week is the 10-year anniversary of how about now coming out um I was very lucky that I met Dean Owens, the uh, Scottish singer-songwriter, because um, he he agreed to produce the album for me, and I needed a producer because I didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah, and he brought in some fabulous musicians for that, and that really taught me how important it is to have really good players on your albums because some people, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to generalize, but some people can can just think, well, I'll just get. My, my friends who, who you know who I know that that play in it and we'll just put it down like we would if we were playing live whatever and it's great to do that sometimes but I think sometimes when you've got an album like that that you want to last and you want people to hear for, for years yeah. to come I think you have to, to to push the boat out it's not cheap to do because you're using top people but I think you have to find a way if it's something you want to do and you have to be serious about it and I was like I say I think Dean taught me that and I've, I've taken that into into all my other albums I mean he produced my second album as well but um, the last two that I've self-produced, I, I, I learned a lot about um, uh, kind of really uh, doing the best for the songs, you know, making sure you're you're um, treating the song as well as it can be treated in that in, 
that first time it gets recorded, you know. And then you've also had to learn some of some of the original Texas like instruments, like banjo sexto. Yeah, I, I learned for my last yeah just for this album Siempre that came out last year. I I learned the uh, Tex Mex. It was, uh, there is bajo sexto is the is the 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 main instrument, which is a twelve string thing. Uh, but I learned bajo quinto, which is a ten string, because bajo sexto has this extra lower string which you don't technically need so i didn't want to challenge myself too much with that um but i did learn it because i need an authentic sound for those those there's a couple of uh straight up like tejano tex-mex songs yeah. on there that i i really needed uh and and uh it was it was wes mcgee who is uh, one of the greatest uh, british country artists I've ever been he he's done some uh, great Tex-Mex stuff in the past and he said to me if you want to have that authentic sound you have to learn to play uh bajo sexto or quinto because that's you know that's the only way you're going to get it I could have got I could have asked somebody else to play it maybe yeah. but but I thought I've really got to make some sort of effort here so yeah I did learn it. it's very very hard to play it's really tough on your wrist and, and everyone gets sick of me moaning about that but it is so like um it, it took I, I kind of um got myself in a position to play it for about a year before I recorded and and that was a with, with my slow sort of learning ability that was that was about right and one of the songs i like from siempre it, i mean there's two at least that, that 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 comes straight to mind the first one is senora how did you come about with that and you actually sing in spanish as, as well <laughs> uh, i i sing like one line in spanish yeah i know but it, I... it feels real <laughs> well, I, 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 I was, I had it heavily sort of verified by a Spanish-speaking friend of mine uh, that I was that I had the exact right language there. But I did learn a bit of Spanish at school, and I know a little bit about the pronunciation. So, so I was halfway there. I just need to make sure the grammar was correct. But yeah, I, I threw that in there, hoping that uh, people might again think that appreciate that I'd made an effort. You know. <laughs> And can you can you tell tell me more about tell me what you were gonna tell me later? How did you come about that song? Because that's a really chef's kiss song. See, uh, I I I don't know really is a lot to say, but it's like what I like to do sometimes is 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 take phrases that people would say in normal conversations, like tell me what you were gonna tell me, you know, like and I and I and I just think you know how could you use that in a, an interesting way? And it's yeah, I mean, I I think it was that that one it's actually one of the more topical songs i've ever written because it kind of references places being closed down during covid yeah. um it kind of says you know tell me what you were going to tell me because you know like if this stuff that's going on at the minute if, if that teaches us anything it's that it's that anything can happen at any minute and that we haven't got long in this place to be doing this stuff so um yeah i i, I thought it was a nice little idea and it and it came out pretty easy as well and to me that that phrase tell me what you're going to tell me it, it fit quite well with the kind of uh bolero rhythm that i was using for that as well which made it for once once you have like an idea and a, and a, a title like that maybe that fits well with a rhythm it, it makes the writing of the song a lot easier i mean um it true true truly is a fantastic album and i, I know that you put in a lot of hard sweat and tears into cm and Bray. And, and everyone just assumes albums just come out of thin air, they just like magically appear. But there's a lot yeah. of hard work 
that goes behind the reproducing and the mixing and then trying to sell it to the people as well. Yes. It's, it's, I mean, especially when you're doing it all yourself, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, I, I, I've had this album planned for a long time and I, you know, I wanted to make sure the songs were, were, were good enough and were exactly the way I want them to be. And that I had enough of each type of song really to, to, um, to make it interesting, you know? Um, and yeah, I was very lucky that I got the musicians that I got to play on it and, and, and that kind of thing. There is a lot of hard work that goes into it. Um, I, I mean, I, <clears throat> Like I said, my last two albums, I've chosen to produce them myself. And that's not, I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was really out of choice, actually. I say chosen. But the first time um, something fell through a plan I had to record elsewhere uh, with someone else, it didn't work out. And, um, and, and so I did it then. But the, the problem in this country, if you're talking about this sort of music, there aren't really many people that you would instantly call on to produce an album like that. Yeah, um, it's it's hard to think of someone, and the only person I would think of is Wes McGee. Who I was just talking about who has has made records like that in in the eighties and nineties. Mostly, he made some great uh, country and Tex Mex records, um, and he's still around, but he's 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 not he's not feeling great at the minute, and he wasn't really in a position to do it. Um, so I I would definitely have had him do it, but but then it just leaves me, and it's like, well, I know what I want from it. Yeah. Um, I'm not I'm not some sort of expert producer and I'm not I'm not pretending to be, but I know what I want from this album. So I know um, what I need to get out of it. And it's like, yeah, it does. It does put a lot more pressure and responsibility on it. But it means that you're much more. I mean, I'm very proud of it now. Now it's out. I'm very proud of it. And it's, it's you know, it's with some of my earlier albums. I look back and I think, oh, I, I might have done things differently there. But that's because I didn't know what I was doing at the time, you know. But but with that one, I felt like I knew what I was doing with it, and I feel that it came out well, and I feel that I, I can sort of be proud of of what I did with it. And how do you go from producing your own self-made albums to opening up for Charlie Croc Crockett? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, do you know what? I think it's um, you know, it's it's not just the albums. It's just years and years of just getting your, you know getting yourself out there, playing as many gigs as you can. Um, like I say, ten years since the first album came out, and and I think if you just keep doing good stuff, good doing good work, uh, as you know, and doing it as often as possible in as many places as possible, you people will eventually notice and. I was I was lucky with that. I mean, you know, I wasn't expecting that tour to come up at all. It was um, um, it, it just turned out later on that um, uh, my name came up, and Charlie's production manager is a guy that I used to know from the music scene in Oxford. He's 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 from here. He's from where I'm from, oh, and wow. he lives in Nash. He lives in uh, actually lives in Montana now, but he uh, he lives in America, and uh, he was yeah. Um, my name came up, and he said to Charlie, "Oh," he said. Ags, he's he's like really into James Hand, just like Charlie is. And Charlie was like, well, you know, that's that's who we got to have then. You know, let's get him. Um, and it, it was good that it worked out. I mean, it also the thing about that tour was it had to be someone who could chase their tour bus around Europe for like three and a half weeks, uh, and their other people either weren't available. I guess I don't know, but I'm guessing there weren't many people who fit the bill who would who would be willing and able to do that, and so. I did it and it was a great experience. It absolutely wrecked my sleep and my brain for about a month afterwards, but it was it was <laughs> worth it, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. And mm. what what are the other influences 
on you as an an artist musically. Now I know that you said you you didn't start off with country music as is like like you know you like listen to it on the radio, but you you yeah. pick and you did like a pick and mix. What are yeah. the other artists who have influenced you? You mean like the non non country artists? No, 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 no. The country, but it can oh. be non country as well. It doesn't matter. In country, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I was always very attracted to song to to songwriters, but I think I think the 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 two people that really kind of made me realise that country is what I wanted to do were were James Hand was one of them, but before him it was Dale Watson because Dale Watson was just like. I was like, I was like, this music is awesome. I was like, this is this is unbelievably good, and I've never really listened to anything like it before. I didn't really know what you called it at the time, you know, when I first started listening to Dale. Um, it's just it's Texas honky tonk, really. Um, yeah. But Dale go kind of has rockabilly edges and stuff, and he, he, I mean, he's unbelievably versatile and talented. And uh, yeah, I just started. That's when I started started going over to Austin, just like as a as a tourist kind of thing just to go and hear as much music as I can. The first time I went, Dale was actually out of town. The whole reason I went, he was out of town. <laughs> but it meant that I got to see loads of other people because if he'd been there, I probably just would have watched him most of the yeah. time. But uh, like, because he's doing like four or five shows a week in town. But uh, it meant that I got to see loads of other people. And, and, you know, that was all part of my learning process. And then, you know, slowly but surely, um, I already knew before that, I, I let, let's, you know, full disclosure, before that, I probably had, one hand was when I was a kid, basically, um, and so it was. It was all a bit kind of, um, uh, you know, I had those in my head. I already knew a little bit about country music, but it was really when I got into the Texas stuff that it started to to change me. But but the singer songwriters also were important. Guy Clark, you know, Townsend. Um, Robert Earl Keane is a huge influence of mine as a songwriter and um, yeah it's just man like this um, there is such a such a broad spectrum in country music of of amazing amazingly talented songwriters and, and performers and you know that's before you even get into the other side of country music which is not really my thing but it but it's a it's just such a, a giant a giant world you know it is and um, I'm just so glad that uh, we we have you know homegrown singer song songwriters <laughs> like like yourself who who are out there producing outstanding music music because uh, I mean you know I'm I'm just grateful that I got to see see you so many times last year and I'm looking forward to seeing seeing you more <laughs> this year as well. Yeah, well, uh, um, hopefully you will get a chance. I mean. Uh... I seem to be playing a lot, a lot more in London uh, recently, which for a long time I didn't because it was just hard to uh, to get anywhere. But it's honestly the the way things have gone, like you were saying, with venues closing down and stuff. London is 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 one of the only places that there's still a lot of stuff going on. You know, um, this this big, fairly big cities, towns and cities in this country that barely have any um, music of the type that that we're discussing here and. Um, you know, it's it's a real shame, but but London seems to be the place um, where it happens. You know, and um, I'm always glad to get up there. I wish uh, some of the 
ULES charges and stuff didn't exist, but you know, that's the way it is. Another thing just for hard, hard to worry about. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, for, for you, how do you go about constructing a song? I know that you said like you, you hear like a phrase or a word and sometimes it's autobiographical. I mean, I, I know you've just done your latest album, but have you already got more songs that, that you've already got? Already really germinating. Um, yeah, it's funny, you know. Like, um, I'm I'm quite a slow songwriter, and I've I've been trying to speed up that process, but it's it's just kind of where the the way I am. But it's like I said with that. Tell me what you were going to tell me. Song. It's like I I get the idea for a line or something, and it will sit in my head for a while. And I and and you use the word I think germinate. It, it I let it sort of germinate like. And and gestate as it were, and I and I, I can't. I find that I can't do something with it straight away and try and do something straight away because it's just like it's like I'm trying to force it. So I have to wait until that comes. Sometimes I'll have a little bit of a an idea for a melody, and that'll sit there. But again, I have to kind of let it do. It. But um, yeah, it's I, I I don't know. It I, I think there are ways I could probably speed things up. But but generally, it takes me a long time from start to finish. I don't believe anyone who says that they write a song a day or several yeah. songs a day because you can't do that. You could have ideas, have loads of ideas yeah. every day, but the if you want to write a song properly, you have to you have to take proper care with every line of it and um, the the whole structure of it. You know where the verses are going to go and. Uh, how you're going to come back round to the chorus or whatever? It's like that's it's 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 a bit of a it's not a science at all, but it's but it's 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 a big undertaking. I was I got a, last year I got a, was it the year before I got a really good book by Tom T Hall um, about songwriting, which which and he he kind of breaks it down in in the different ways you can do it and the things to to avoid and all this and that and that really helped me because I'd never really had you know much you know there's never there isn't any in my opinion like proper training you can do as a songwriter but i you know if you're just doing it on your own all the time like i do then yeah. you can miss things and you can um you, you you can you can not maybe doing be doing things exactly the most efficient way sometimes so yeah that was really useful for me I, that's one thing i don't do is is, is co-write i i would never say never to it but i but i've never i've never done co-writing so maybe that would have helped me if i had done that maybe maybe that's my my big failing i don't know well i mean that that is a big thing that they do do over in the states, especially in Nash, Nashville, where they'll mm. um you know they'll they'll be yeah uh, co-writing with this singer songwriter like there'll be teams of them doing it and expressing their songs and then yeah someone will cut a song and then someone will will then produce that song yeah. Um, it's it's a big thing, and I've got a lot of friends who do that. Um, who um, you know, I mean, I've, I've got friends who do it actually for a job. They will they will go and do writing sessions with other people for you know for their full time job. Um, and and yeah, it's it's a very Nashville way of doing things, and it's it's a way to keep to keep the songs moving to to get I to do what I'm doing, take ideas and actually yeah. get them moving and turned into something fast rather than just sitting on your ass and hoping that something happens like I do. Um, but no, it's, it's, I mean, it's because, you know, songs are a big business there. And, um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, that being said, I'm, I, I'm not at all um, 
talking down what they do because yeah. there's two there's two reasons for writing songs one is the artistic reason where you want to create a song that means something to you or that you know will mean something to other people or whatever and there's the other one is songs to make money which are most of those i think are probably written by computers or something now you know like or as good as because they sound so similar you know like um there's i, I don't really believe that people are spending a lot of time think writing those you know like, or thinking about them or throwing ideas around it's it just all sounds the same a lot of it so um that's the, so i think that the people i'm talking about are the people who are still doing it as an as an artistic venture but at the same time they're doing it for a reason because that's that's those songs are needed by people and and wanted by people and it's and it's great um I, like i say that i don't i don't write with other people and the reason is I know you didn't ask me this. I'm just saying it anyway. I think the reason is I've got things that I want to say in my songs. And yeah. I know how I want those songs to turn out. And so I, I, I make sure I see them through to the end. Ideas that weren't along the path that I want to go along. So that's that's nothing against them. It's just that's... I have these ideas that I want to see through. If I if I did have a song that I just didn't know what to do with, but I thought was generally good, I would. I, I, that's where I might call on someone. I actually I actually spoke to Samadine about it because she, she does a lot of co-writing as well. I was like, you know, uh, you know, if I had an idea, I might I might send it to you. It would just see what see what happened. And you know, that's that's cool. But at the same time, I've just, I've never got to that point. I've always known where I wanted the songs to go, even if it did take me a long time to, to actually see it right through to the end. So that's, that's the reason, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge thing that, that is a big part of country music without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. definitely. Well, um, if you did collaborate with someone, I I think somebody would, would be fantastic because I saw when both of you came on stage, I did yeah. black horse, and that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was very, very lucky that she she offered to do that. Um, and you know, I wouldn't have had the 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 temerity to to ask her to get up there because you know she she's about to play her own set. Why would she want to come up and, and sing in my set? But she offered to do it, and that's and I said to her, that's great for me. You know, it, it means a lot for me. It makes it makes me look really good that some of them wants to get up. And sing with me and it's a perfect song to do as a duet slow burner is what it was yeah. um and it and it and and i and it and it sounded great and i'm very glad we had we had some some video recordings of it as well yeah i'm just gonna pause here because the internet connection is just a bit chop chop right so i i'm just going to double check what is, is it ha- happening here yeah is it my end maybe i don't know i don't know let me just double check what um uh, that's why okay i need to go on to right i'm just going to change change my network here because there's a reason okay. why it's just been a bit choppy so give me a second okay. while i swap networks yep so let me just put in a new password it's a good job that we can edit this bit out so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or i'll be like what is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> Why is he doing it now? Yeah. Uh, it's all good. All right. Let me just... I was like, but why is it cutting out? It's not supposed to be cutting out because it's like, you know, the network provider yeah. that, that we've got, it's like super fast. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? 
Now I have to find the password. Oh, there it is. There you go. Okay. Sorry. Is that connecting? Yes, connected. Okay, are you still there? Ooh. Are you still there? Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Good. It's good to roll. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Fourth album. You've you've been out on the road. You've been out with some some amazing art artists. What's next? What's what's coming up next for Ags Connolly? Well, I mean, uh, uh, I'm certainly thinking about new songs and working on new songs. Um, at the moment, I've got another little project which is um, kind of in the works, which I've had in the works for quite a long time. Um, I, I can't really say any more than that about it, um, but it's something that is Ooh. mostly it's mostly recorded. Um, hopefully, it might see the light of day this year. That's what I'd like to think, um, but we're not quite there yet, so I, I, I don't want to make too many predictions. But it's something I've been wanting to get out for a long time. That's all I will say. But I have I do have plans for another yeah um, like one of my proper albums um yeah. and that's not to say this isn't a proper album that's coming out it's just different um and uh yeah it's it, uh you know it, the songwriting process is is underway but but like i say it's a bit slow but i am trying to find ways to to make it quicker and i'm trying to think of coming at things from different angles sometimes as well um so yeah there's there's, there's a lot of stuff going on i've got quite a lot of gigs in the in in the diary for this year already, which, which isn't always the case in January. Um, yeah, it's looking good. So it looks like I'll be going back to Sweden and the Netherlands, which I've been going to fairly regularly. And it looks like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing more in the UK. It looks like live music is, there are more live music things happening in the UK, which, which was not the case the past couple of years. And oh, it's, exactly. you know, it's still, still not anywhere bit near back to normal, but, but there, there are more things happening and I'm determined to, to, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't want to give up on the UK. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, like I say, live music always has a way of, um, of coming back. And, and I think it will, um, it, it's a bit like the pubs, you know, like pubs started closing down and then people started opening those little micro pubs in, in old shops and stuff. You know, it's like that. People will find a way to put it on, you know, and, and I, I just did a Christmas live stream. Sorry, to, I'm going on here, but I just did a Christmas live stream on Facebook and that's all my Facebook crowd who used to watch me during COVID. Yeah. So that's a, that's, that's a new thing that would before COVID that wouldn't have existed. I wouldn't have had that, that platform people wouldn't have watched me on Facebook because they wouldn't have understood it, but now they do. So there, there's always a way live music always, always finds a way. Yeah. And you, the, the Swedish gig, is that the Roots Festa Festival? Um, no, there's, um, you might be thinking of Rootsy. They, they, book a, they book a lot of people in Sweden. No, I'm not working with them at the moment, but, um, but I have been there a few times uh, with, there's a great guy called LP Anderson. Um, he's a he's a bit of a mover and shaker. He used to work for Bear Family, who um, they 
do a lot of country music and rock and roll reissues and stuff. Um, and he's very, very um, well connected. And he's been getting me over there a lot. And I've been playing some festivals there. And I've got a lot of great, great fans and friends there. And it's it's a wonderful country for for country music. They they they're bigger country fans there than we are here, which is which is saying something. Um, yeah, and Netherlands. I've been very lucky. That was actually um, speaking about the Netherlands. Uh, that was another COVID thing. Um, I did my first tour in the Netherlands in 2020 during COVID because um, they're American artists. The, my booking agents there, Lucky Dice, um, they're American artists. Couldn't make it over because of COVID, yeah. and they needed someone. Who could who could make it to the Netherlands to to do a tour, uh, and this was while all the shows were socially distanced and all that, and it was just before the Netherlands had really strict lockdown. Um, so I was lucky; I got to fit a tour in there, and um, and that sort of started things for me there. So, um, like I say, I don't want to leave the UK behind, but I'm very lucky that I have these things going on um, in Europe as well. Well, I I know that uh, Sweden has a fantastic country music music scene. Uh, Mm. One of my close friends uh, does Dagan's Country, which is oh yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we both went to see Zach Bryan in Copenhagen. Oh right, he flew in from Sweden. I flew in. From... Actually, I was in uh, Amsterdam, so I flew in from there. Wow. Was yeah. that was that um, Vega? Yes, it was yeah. Vega. Yeah. Well, me, I played there with Charlie Crockett. That's a great venue. That I was very, I felt very lucky to play there. That's a fantastic venue. Absolutely top, top notch. Yeah. Um, it's a shame that this country doesn't invest as much in the arts as it does in things that aren't really. You know how much joy does music bring? It's mm. it's 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 immense. It's great for the spirit. It's great for communities. It builds communities, communities yes. of fans, um, and it's and I think it's it's one thing that I want to achieve doing this for this podcast is to showcase and highlight independent music musicians, especially yes. when they come from the UK. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Well, I, I really appreciate it. The thing is, Mo, it's like that. I I cannot say how grateful I am to people like you because you're just doing it because you love the music. You're not yeah. doing it to try and scam people out of money or, or maybe you are. I don't know. Maybe we haven't got to that point yet, but we're in the... <laughs> but... Trust, trust me. I've made yeah. no money. I did I this podcast at all. It's only way you say it before. No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, of course, but like, no, I mean, there's 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 uh, there's people like you, like like the Rogue Country guys as well. Yeah. They put on the Summer Dean tour and they put on a load of other great tours. They're doing it because they love the music and they they want to find a way to share how much they love the music. And that's so powerful that you feel like that. You know, it's like and it's like I say about James Hand. You know, I wrote that song because it was just like, you know, this seems really obvious that I should tell people about this guy because he's amazing. You know, like it's exactly like that. And and. I mean, it's not to be sneezed at, and that's exactly it comes back to what I was saying. That's exactly why live music will always will always survive. But but it, you'd think that um, the powers that be, you know, would would realise how important that is, like they do in other countries, and yeah. and 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 provide backing for it. But it's I don't know. There always seems to be some excuse, and you know, I go to like the, in the Netherlands, like a lot of the towns have these huge art centres 
that sit there and they put stuff on all the time and yeah. the money is very good for the artists and it's and it's like that it just seems obvious to them that one of the main things in the town should be the art center and you know yes we have art centers here i know we do but it, but it's it's not quite it's not given quite the same mm. um prestige you know and and I, I hope we can get to that point one day definitely um Ags Connolly, thank you for sharing your time, your uh, songs and your new music with with us, uh, fans. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I I, I really appreciate it, and uh, and I hope um, hope you've enjoyed uh, the music I brought out so far. I'm I'm hoping there's going to be plenty more, and uh, and yeah, I'm I'm hoping to be playing live a lot in 2024.